Welcome to A Gem of a Secret Podcast. My name is Donatella, my secrets. My name is Coco Gem Holiday. How are you doing tonight, Coco? Um, I realize I'm fragile. It's a yeah. word I came up with today. Fragile? <laughs> yeah. Um, I've never used that for myself before. Yeah. Um, I've been noticing that I've been like locked in this bubble mm-hmm. of like a support system. Mm-hmm. And I was having lunch today. And I recognized I was having an anxiety attack mm. because I am fragile. Mm. So I'm fragile is how I'm doing this. Okay. All right. Have any of the (laughs) current circumstances in your life had anything to do with you coming to this realization? Um... Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. There's just like a lot going on. Yeah, Um, so a lot has happened. Gosh, so much has happened even since the last episode. Yeah. In the last episode, we did a mental health break episode Mm -hmm. um, where we posted our mental wellness um, episode, which was cool. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping y'all got a lot out of that episode. It was actually one of my favorites back in the day. Uh, yeah, so yeah. before we get into it, Donna, what are you wearing Well, this evening? Speaking of um, mental well-being, I'm just a, a gray wilted flower. I <laughs> <laughs> guess I could see it. Yeah, yeah, just a little droopy. Looks like I've gotten a little bit too much rest lately. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I This time of year is always hard for me. So definitely, if you're from the Pacific Northwest, make sure you're taking your vitamin D gummies or vitamin D just in general, because it's very hard to um, sometimes even get out of bed during this time of year. Um. Yeah. So I. Am, what about you? I'm dressed as a dandelion. <laughs> yeah. Um. Specifically. Uh. Not by shape or costume mm. or anything. It's just the thing I'm calling myself while I'm wearing this muumuu. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. You're just the um less depressed version of me yeah. in costume tonight. It's okay. You know what? It's okay. We'll get through these times. They're difficult, but. Yeah. What can you do? Just to catch you up, listeners, so Donna can interview me on this. Mm-hmm. A lot of things have happened in my re- life recently. Got some bad medical news, yeah. um, which I w- won't be sharing yet because I don't have my doctor's appointment until December 2nd. Um, so I don't want to speculate until I talk to my doctor. Yeah, that's um, smart. But as of today, I don't really know the fate of local launch per se. But um, so uh, as everybody knows, like 11 months ago, I started working for a bar as, at, known as Local Lounge as the event manager there. Mm-hmm. We had really cool events throughout the time I was there. And um, recently, my drag daughter, Touche Duche, who does our outro music, um, posted online about her being owed a lot of money by the bar owner, which then sparked a series of events to where uh, people started canceling the bar for obvious reasons, because mm-hmm. um, the money was taken from the money that was owed to touche was used to pay rent on the bar and so touche gave what i consider to be unrealistic um payback schedule saying on a friday to a monday i want all of my money Mm -hmm. so on the friday she got half of it which she paid me back because the bar also owed me money and then on the monday when she was supposed to get paid back uh uh she didn't and then she doxed the bar online Um, And you can tell it was pretty planned because uh, she texted me at 11.55 a.m. And then at noon exactly, she wrote in all of her show chats, a post online, a post on Instagram, and she shared it 10 times from her personal Facebook page, 
all in the matter of seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is quite the chain reaction. Quite the chain reaction. Yeah. Um, which then sparked to all of the recurring producers at Local Lounge to pull out in solidarity, mm-hmm. which is fine. They are allowed to do whatever they wanted with their shows. Um, which then, um, because of that, um, the bar owner at the time took an incredible mental health hit yeah. and became unresponsive because of all of the online backlash. Um, fast forward a day or two. Um, I actually did pick up the bar owner and take him to my house, actually, just to make sure that he would be okay. And I recognize that throughout all of this, like people just wanted, some people were just like happy because they finally got to get their message out and be angry. Other people were less kind, just in general. But um, I didn't really say anything online. Um, I didn't really want to because there were so many moving pieces, like canceling shows, refunding people's money, uh, things like that. And mm-hmm. not knowing where our next performances were going to come from, just in general, just like a lot of really sad things. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now we're officially almost almost uh i think it's like because it happened last week on monday so it's been a been some time yeah and i've processed everything uh for the most part i did i was trying to quit local lounge for about a month now um because of just some various things that i didn't really appreciate about the space Mm -hmm. and um i finally got to quit in the way i wanted to yesterday Got to talk to the bar owner and be like, I didn't want to be here because of these reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I felt good about that. But yeah, that's kind of what happened on a very like spark notes version. Yeah. Well, I think it's important that you get your version of events out there. And I also want to ask you questions about basically how you're doing during all of this time. I know that it's not an easy time. I know that there's a lot going on. So basically, how are you holding up? What is your mental health like right now? Um, I have a lot of trauma associated to local lounge now. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of anger for multiple people. But um, one of the incidents, so like the last show I performed in was the Saturday mm-hmm. after Touche's email or Touche's message. Uh, it was for Polly Pop-Tart's show because like, she wrote me and pretty much was like, I want to do it. I have to do it. I want to continue doing it. Like, I, it's my favorite thing, like, because uh-huh. she's currently injured and she just loves drag and she just really wanted to be able to participate. And so I did her show. I did my stand-up. And, but at, during that time, I was the bouncer. I was the door person. I was checking IDs. Um, I was helping out in other various parts of the bar. Adam was DJing. and We were all volunteering our time because we weren't getting paid. Uh-huh. Um, and, um, what happened from there? Oh yeah. But like then there was an incident with a guy having a gun, Mm -hmm. um, outside and whatever. So we had to go into lockdown. And this is like one of several incidents over the last like three months alone where there's been like some sort of gun violence involving like close to that space. Yeah. It's been happening quite a bit over there. 
Yeah, it really has, mm -hmm. and it was scary. And um, then a guy came in later to try to steal stuff, and I had yeah. to like, chase him out of the bar. Like, it was a whole effing journey. So this experience has traumatized you to some extent. Uh, would you say that you feel that you are taken advantage of too? Yeah, I. so I had a conversation with the bartenders um, like a week ago. Not a week ago, it was like a few days. Mm -hmm. um, and where I was, they were all hopeful. All of the bartenders were super hopeful. Brackett was there too, about how we can move forward, about how we can make money, mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. Um, and in that conversation, Nobody really talked about how they were going to pay me back for mm -hmm. all the money that I'm owed. And I decided to actually, because um, this will, I know it's kind of clickbait a little bit, because um, I haven't really, I don't tell people my number. Mm -hmm. um, I chose to work at local lounge, um, you know, without getting paid. Um, and I made that decision. Of course, I and wanted. And how long did that go on for? Oh, since like sometime, I think. It had to be August, I think. Mm. It was probably August, July or August. So the official number is Bracket owes me at this point $7,715. And um, my company pays for the DJs and some of the marketing stuff and tip tarts and all this other stuff that he owes me money. And especially a large chunk of that money is the DJs. Yeah. The, the DJ money. Because um, the DJs got paid for every show and they went through my company and Brackett just wasn't paying that. It's actually why a lot of the DJs started jumping off because mm -hmm. they were like, well, I'm not getting my money. Why would I work there? Mm -hmm. Right. And I agree with them on that. And a lot of them stayed on because they believe in queer spaces. And I believe in queer spaces. But when I went in there and I was talking to the bartenders and some arguments actually kind of broke out. And I'm not trying to make myself sound like a victim here, but like it was a really hard conversation. And like, they were trying to make me feel like a failure and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. they said that what I do isn't as hard as what they do. And physically, like how I work for the bar, it's not as hard as what they do. But emotionally and mentally, it's incredibly taxing um, to have to deal with the Internet and the public and social media and the website. And um, my team that I had, like I had several producers. I actually don't even know the actual number. I think I had over... Um, I think everybody working to me probably told it around 15 to 17 people hmm. um, that worked at the bar. Yeah. Um, and it was just a lot. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot. And yeah, and I wasn't, and it took, a, it took its toll. I bet. What convinced you to stay on for as long as you did? I think it's because I do believe in the concept of queer spaces like I like to be able to hold my husband's hand mm -hmm. but like and we live in Portland everybody's queer queer adjacent but like there are still some looks and whatever and I work in Vancouver for a very conservative company and sometimes I feel a little bit on the outs mm -hmm. um, when it comes to my sexual orientation and so like being able to like hold my husband's hand with like a rainbow backdrop is just really mm -hmm. cute and sweet to me and I love that feeling and like and local made me feel like accepted and so mm -hmm. I wanted and other people would tell us constantly about how they felt accepted and like mm -hmm. all of this stuff and I think that that was really telling and mm -hmm. that was really eye-opening for me and then also this plays into a trigger of mine um, and I, I, I told Donna this previously the growing up my parents got divorced when I was two mm -hmm. and um, and I don't even recognize it as a really unhealthy trigger like especially when it comes to your parents so my dad used to always do this thing where he'd be like 
like it'd be close to my birthday and he says yeah your gift is in the mail and then it would hit my birthday and I would call him and he would like make me feel bad because the gift he sent me wasn't there and usually it would never come mm-hmm. it was like a lie mm-hmm. um, or he'd be like oh yeah it's sitting here on my kitchen counter I just need to put it in the mail and it would never come mm-hmm. um, or he'd be like oh yeah I'm going to give you some money and then he wouldn't mm-hmm. or he's like yeah I'm going to visit and then he didn't and like throughout like starting from a very young age I'd probably like say six or seven years old like pretty much into my college years he would do that and it developed a really I have a really unhealthy trigger with that kind of phrasing when somebody's like promising to do something and, and then they not don't. delivering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Brackett, the owner of Local Lounge, was very good about doing that mm-hmm. to me, um, saying like, "Oh yeah, like you know, I can pay some of your invoices on Sunday." Mm-hmm. And Sunday would roll around, and he wouldn't be at the bar at all. And then mm. I'd message him, and be like, "Hey, you said you were gonna pay me," and then he wouldn't respond. And then the next day, I'd message him and be like, "Hey, you should pay me," and then he wouldn't respond then I'd see him at the bar and I'd be like hey like you didn't pay me on Sunday like you promised me you would and he's like I know I just didn't have it I found out the entire time he was paying the bartenders Mm. like but he wasn't paying me which was really unhealthy which means me and a team of people uh, because they were all underneath me so and that kind of goes back also to like setting the precedent that was that has been kind of here in Portland about venues not paying entertainment well right Right. it's not even just like the drag entertainers but also you're talking about djs here as well yeah djs and people who are just owed money yeah and like what really kills me about that is like the like even towards the end like adam was like bartending for free and Mm -hmm. not making any money doing it and like and i was helping out behind the bar oftentimes as well Mm -hmm. and uh and so that really just sucked like that really just sucked were there any violations of contracts yes um plenty of violations of contracts Mm -hmm. um that were a lot of the contracts are still in play right now um and (laughs) and what really sucks about that too is like like people are unaware that bracket just doesn't have any money Mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter how much you scream at bracket if he doesn't have money he doesn't have money Mm -hmm. um that's why that other trigger of mine uh it became a manipulative, abusive, and toxic thing, which I posted about online. Bracket would say if he paid me, the bar would close. Like, for the last, like, three months, anytime I would bring it up, he'd be like, okay, well, I guess the bar's going to close. But, like, Bracket, you owe me money. Well, I then how are we supposed to keep the bar open? Like, it's like, you owe me all of this money. And then, like, he just consistently kept being like, well, I can't do that. Hmm. And, like, and that was really overwhelming and jarring for me. Mm-hmm. Um because, like, obviously to feel like this queer space that I've cultivated is going to close if he pays me, which I realize is manipulative. And I know Bracket is not doing it to be manipulative. But it is. But it is also manipulative. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a little bit of a Stockholm syndrome, honestly, too. Yeah. Um, when you think about it. Um, oh, Donna, I've been answering questions all night, but how are you doing this evening? <laughs> I will let you know after this brief break. It's a podcast with Coco and Donna. Tell a podcast. Tune into what they tell you. Podcast with Coco and Donna. Tell a podcast. Well, Coco, I am feeling incredibly curious, I suppose. Um, I haven't really been like living this for the last 11 months because that's like right around the time it was December of last year is when I said that I was taking a break from all this and then in February is when I decided I was going to quit drinking completely so um 
I haven't really been here to witness this firsthand. So all I can do is kind of just ask you questions and, um, you know, get your perspective on everything that's happened. Um, I guess my next question for you is you've seen a lot of posts from people online that are kind of nostalgic about the place that local used to be before Brackett was the owner um, and maybe even before the previous, I, I don't know how long the previous owners um, owned it for, but uh, very nostalgic about the space that they helped curate in the time that it was there. Um, and they seem to have some criticisms of you and of the establishment. What do you have to say, I guess, um, when you see those posts? Or like, what what does that make you feel like? And what is your response to them? You know, I kind of see, or people will send me the post, because people always tend to send you things that are ambiguously about you or directly mm-hmm. related to something you're a part of. And I don't, I'm not really mad about how people feel. Like, um... It's for instance, like next week is the We're Here episode about Grand Junction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I would feel like when we watch it, because me and Donna did say we're gonna watch it, we mm-hmm. should watch it together and just yeah. be traumatized all over, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> likely, uh, likely. And so, like, we'll be like, oh, yeah, like I remember what that place used to be, I remember mm-hmm. how it was, I remember how we did it, mm-hmm. kind of stuff like that. When the people who are there now are like, but this is what it is now, this is mm-hmm. what it means to us, and so. I think it's fair, mm-hmm. like, because I was talking to Bougie Cherry about it today, like about the we're here thing, and I, I mean, they're because like they are, they're allowed to feel like what I helped cultivate there didn't include them mm-hmm. enough, mm-hmm. or I like to feel like I was really inclusive at local, but I know people would probably fight me on that, mm-hmm. um, because I tried to put people into positions of power that had. Um, a very open mind about how they did their bookings mm-hmm. um, and I thought like I saw everybody getting a chance to participate mm-hmm. in the story right mm-hmm. which was beautiful which was kind it was great mm-hmm. um, but yeah I didn't I I don't and then the, the other thing too when they're just like attacking me or something like that is like I people are allowed to take their pot shots when they want to Mm -hmm. because they're not going to get a reaction out of me that they want. Like a lot of times I always thought it's really disgusting Mm -hmm. to have people like rallying people with you in your hatred of another person. Yeah. Right. That's weird. It's weird. That's really weird. (laughs) Like when it comes to like somebody who does like a national tragedy, like, you know, like, um, Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm -hmm. Which, yes, we should definitely touch on that during this episode. Like, yeah, absolutely bully that person on the mm-hmm. internet. Absolutely. That person took lives. Mm-hmm. Like, and stuff like that. But with this, it's like, with local, and people are like, that's not comparing apples to apples. To a degree, it is. Like, when you're... It's not the same thing for when you're having just a difference of opinions versus, like, when somebody's actually being harmed. Yeah. Yeah, for real. I think... It's a little weird when people kind of rally people against people within their own community. Yeah. I see that a lot. And I think that's a lot of the reason why I've been taking a lot of steps back from just drag in general, because I think it does get extremely toxic. It gets really bad to the point where people take like joy out of like talking shit online. And I, I don't know. I feel like we should evolve above that. And we should also like just not take it as seriously as we take it, not give it the energy or attention that 
sometimes it does get. Um, yeah, damn. It's, I don't know. It's just really sad to see people kind of kick people when they're down because I remember also when, I mean, recently in the last week, you've posted things like about what you're going through and, um, to see people kind of like fanning the flames and thinking it's fun. Like it's Mm -hmm. been kind of like hard to watch even as a friend, because I know that that's like not easy on you. Yeah. It's, it's really weird to, I don't know. Like I, I said it online, like you, you said it better. It is the phrase kicking people where they're down, but Mm -hmm. like, it's also like, it's also like putting gasoline on a fire. Yeah. Like a lot of people didn't need to necessarily have an opinion in it. And like, even when I decided people who weren't even involved, people who weren't even involved and like, and, and that's of course. And I do truly believe that's partially what touche wanted because like there were a thousand other ways to get to what she needed to get to Mm -hmm. without hurting so many people Local Lounge employed, like, over roughly 50 people a month. Yeah. Like, good gosh. Like, so many people out of work. So many people losing opportunities. Like, it's rough. And, like, and it's the only... She's the only person it happened to. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the other thing. But specifically speaking, I do think it's wrong to criticize people in moments of, like, this kind of weakness and sadness. Yeah. Like, it's hard, and it's mean, and it's ugly. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, something that shouldn't even be celebrated or acknowledged. Like, even in our group chat, I think I said today, so, like, something, like, some tea kind of came up or whatever. Oh, like, about how I quit local. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends was like, yeah, you should definitely, like, say that online. I was like, that's not this isn't public information Mm -hmm. like that's that's not necessarily like what i want from this i don't need kudos i don't need people bashing bracket i don't Mm -hmm. like none of that is what i need yeah like what i need is not it's not even to craven brought this up he's like it seems like people want to move on from this very quickly because it's sad Mm -hmm. i said i get that i was like but even for that that's not what i want i want to acknowledge what happened, educate myself, and do better the next time. Mm-hmm. And then also take a step back. Like, I'm not looking forward to any of my gigs. Not mm-hmm. because I have disrespect for any of the hosts I'm with. It's just, like, this was really emotionally trying. Yeah. And, like... Do you feel like you have to, like, explain yourself when you see people that you haven't seen in a while? All the time. hmm All the time. Every gig I'm at, everything that I do, like, it'll just come. There's no way it won't come up. People people know that I know the whole story. Yeah. Like, I know every single piece of information that they want to know the juicy details about how we got from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And I just don't necessarily want to share it outside of my close friend group. Yeah. Because, like, I'd there's things that are weird and awkward and like I, and it's not even to save face. Like I didn't do anything wrong, but like, it's one of those things where people will try to find fault, try to figure out where it broke. And like, I know where it is. Mm -hmm. Like hindsight's 2020. Um, you had a person, this is exactly where it is. 
you had a couple of people in positions of power that they shouldn't have been in and not to be rude but like you had a bar manager who'd never been a bar manager yeah and then you had an owner who's never owned a bar yeah i've been an event manager for 10 years like this stuff was like second hat to me but then i found myself running other areas of the business that i had no business being in because yeah. like those were not what i was paid to do and then eventually later not being paid to do and the backdrop for all of this happening too a global pandemic oh yeah global pandemic which people don't recognize, like, we had to open, close, open, close, open, close. Yeah. Extreme heat, extreme heat, open, close. Yeah. Like, it just was horrible. Yeah. I lost friends, like, mental health issues, like, people getting shot. Like, it just, oh, my God. Like, it's, like, 10 months of the, like, it's a docuseries. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like Netflix should hit me up be like, you want a good dramedy? Oh, let me give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> It involves drag queens, lots of personalities, and cancellations. Like, it's it's just the making of a good series. <laughs> yeah. Are you feeling some bit of relief now that you've officially stepped away from everything? Yes. And no. Yeah. The funny thing is, today at work, I found myself being hyper awesome. Yeah. Because I'm putting all of that, any, like, twinge that I could have about local lounge, like, into my career again because mm-hmm. I think that's where it got split off at like mm-hmm. there's a couple things I have to do like I have to refund some tickets for a show um, I'm waiting for Bracket to give me like something to post online maybe mm-hmm. if we choose to do that um, and then also I'm never going to not be in contact with Bracket we are friends but um, it's also I'm never going to not be in contact with him because I'm going to get my money yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it I do feel relief. Mm-hmm. I felt relief after, right after I said it. And then I also felt relief. There's this thing like when you're fighting in a relationship when you want to keep it. Mm-hmm. It's the same principle. Like the second you stop fighting and realizing that that relationship wasn't good for you, you feel immediately better. Yeah. And that's what's happening to me. Like this week I've just been in really high spirits because I'm like, I don't have to deal with that crap anymore. I get to yeah. spend more time with my friends and my husband. Like even at night I'm going to go just chill with some friends. Yeah. Like that sounds lovely <laughs> yeah you haven't got to do like normal things for a while yeah yeah burning the candle at every single end it had yeah i mean and that's uh, that's also something that wears you down as far as like your physical health too you know you don't get time to really like listen to your body when you're constantly go go going you know yeah it's true it's true and yeah. it's, it's it's gonna be a really hard transition and in, I told Craven this today. I think in January I'm going to start trying to pick things up again. And mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to change my drag name just yet. It's too much change mm-hmm. um, for how much, how horrible this has been. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There's like I feel like there's like this whole new world in front of me. Yeah. And I have to figure out yeah. what to do with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that you have a lot of promise, especially with like the stand-up stuff it seems like you've been really finding your groove doing that so i think that there's other areas to focus on and it's all just about like shifting and reprioritizing i think that's um just incredibly important to do when things kind of this this is your tower card oof this is your tower card maybe yeah kind of feels like it yeah so there's nowhere you can really go but up when an event like that happens, oh, yeah. you know, it did burn the ground. Yeah. Um, so to touch on, cause we did say we would touch on it to touch on the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. Yeah. 
um, which I think everybody in the world pretty much knows about it now. So, yeah. But if you don't, please Google it before we talk about it. Um, I remember feeling, the second that that came out, I remember feeling completely um, uh, cheated. Yeah. Like, because a lot of people are making the argument that, you know, if if he was black, like, this would have been a different outcome. He w- would have been dead on the scene as what a lot of people are saying. If he was black, like, he wouldn't even been given the chance, you know. That's the double standard. I saw the video, uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse video, mm-hmm. where he just starts shooting randomly in the middle of the street, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it did look like those guys were going to hit him. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like they were going to kill him. But it mm-hmm. looked like he was going to hit him possibly and the thing is the dude brought an assault rifle across state lines across state lines that didn't belong to him Mm -hmm. and like and fired it off into a like that's what kills me a crowd of people Mm -hmm. like like when you watch the video you see people just scattering away just firing Mm -hmm. it off like that like and then just kind of like kind of saunters off afterwards Mm -hmm. like I don't know what video, like, cause like there, there's no cutaway in the video. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, good God. Yeah. I don't think justice was served. No. There are people dead that literally some kid smiling in the back of a protected vehicle on his way from the courthouse. I saw that picture and I was just like, oh my God, I hate this kid. Yeah. I mean, his life will be forever tarnished because of it, because anytime he's Googled, um, this will come up, but... Yeah. My word. What is wrong with the world today? I... I don't know. It's been... Existing has been very difficult. That sounds so depressing. I'm not. I'm really. I'm okay. No one like. <laughs> really, no one. I'm okay. No one like put me away or anything. I'm okay. I'm just. Uh, gosh, it's just. Uh, sad. Sad. Life is. Life is not. Um, it's just sad to look at, and with everything that's happening in the world, and yeah, like it's. It's been a rough year for sure. It's been a rough couple years. We are still adjusting to how different life is turning out to be. I don't like wearing masks. <laughs> like, well, I do. We got but, to. Uh, like, it just. Our new normal is masks and yeah. kids getting away with murdering people and. Um, it doesn't have to be. We can definitely make a difference, but it's gonna take a collective effort. Yeah. Agreed. So white I, people especially. God, white people, they cause such a ruckus. Oh, we do. <laughs> oh, goodness. So uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. Um, if anybody wants to message on a gemofasecretpodcast.com, any question that they have about what happened with the Luca Lounge, I'd be more than happy to answer. Um, I'm also more than happy to answer in DMs and whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't mind sharing my story. Um, this is only a 30 minute podcast. And so there's a lot of details that I intentionally left out because, you know, of timing. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of like personal stuff. So, you know, maybe that's safer for the DMs. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.
This has been another episode of A Gem of a Secret Podcast. The hosts of A Gem of a Secret Podcast are Donatella My Secrets and Coco Jim Holiday. You may follow Donatella My Secrets at Donatella underscore My Secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Jim Holiday at Coco Jim Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at the Touche Douche and at Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more exclusive content, visit www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is A-J-E-M of a Secret Podcast. Be sure to tune in every week on Thursday for a new episode wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, email us at agemofasecretpod at gmail.com. Please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, goodbye.